0: Welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. My name is James Ian MacMillan. I'll be your host for today. In fact, I'll be your one and only host. To the left of me is nobody. To the right of me is nobody. In the dark, dark corner is usually Andrew. Uh, He's not here today. Yep, that's right. I'm just going to kick it with you guys solo style. Got a lot of fun things to talk about. Um, It's been a really busy week. I actually just had my wisdom teeth extracted. So that was fun. My God, sucked so much. I don't know if anyone, most people have had that done, but um, I just, I had my wisdom. I had two wisdom teeth pulled when I was young and I just don't remember it being that violent. (laughs) Like this guy, at one point, he he fucking grabbed the other side of my face and my jaw to get leverage and he even like a, like a jujitsu move, and then he just ripped the fucking tooth out eventually. Anyway, it sucked, but I made it through. Um, that was on Thursday afternoon, it's Saturday today, so I'm, I'm still really sore, but I am plugging away, moving on with life because that's what you have to do. Um, a few things I want to chat about actually. You know, I, I know a lot of people who listen to the show are either in bands, they're small business owners or you're a producer, something where, you know, you have a lot of clients, a lot of customers, and you're, you know, you're trying to keep track of everything. Um, I had been entertaining the idea for a long time of using a CRM software, I think it stands for Customer Relations Management, something like that. Um, Yeah, I've been thinking about doing it for a long time, and I kind of bounced between a few, had a couple trial periods with a few others, but I ended up choosing the one that I like the best, and it's called Pipeline Deals. This is not a paid advertisement or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. I, I went ahead and bought the, the annual or the year-long subscription or whatever. And I'm really liking it. It's pretty cool. You can you know you can plug in all your contacts. Um, and then from those contacts you can make what are called deals. And for for what I'm doing since I re- represent music producers excuse me I just drink soda um, yeah you know each of those guys have their own stuff going on so I uh, yeah I just set up each in- individual deal which would be like you know uh, an album or an EP or whatever the guys are working on and anyway it's it's been fantastic you can set alerts to check back back in on, people that you've been kind of courting or talking to say a band reaches out to you and then you don't hear from them for two months, you know, you can set an alarm to say, Hey, let's check back in on this band, and see what they're up to. And it goes right to your phone too. So there's a desktop version and then you can use the, the app. Um, but all the, the reminders and the, the notifications are sent to my phone. And that's really helpful for me. You know, I, everyone has their strengths and everyone has their weaknesses. And one of my weakness I'd say is, is, you know, juggling so many things at once. And so I I get really ADD and I'll just focus on, on one thing, which is good because I do that one thing really well, but there's a lot of other things buzzing around and, you know, it's really the definition of my job to make sure that I, I keep track of what's going on for everyone and that we check back in with people. There's not potential money lost for everyone. You know, that's, that's one of the biggest things I hear producers talk about is how, you know, they're they're in the trenches with a band for a month or whatever it is, and you're doing if you're engineering, if you're producing, you're tracking. That's that's all day. You know, you're lucky if they come in and just do you know quick vocal take or something that's a couple hours. But if you're doing a full band situation, it's it's long days. You know, I I one of my friends. I don't represent him directly, but I talk to him and help him out. Um, he's He's like literally doing five days a week, nine to five or longer with a band for a month straight. And so, you know, it's, it's pretty hard for him to be checking his email, checking back in with bands or artists or, or potential clients or even, you know, current clients. Because a, a lot of people, especially the guys I represent, a lot of them are doing multiple projects at once. You know, we don't say no to anyone unless we don't want to work with them or whatever. But uh, for the most part, you know, we say yes, and we welcome everyone, um, whether we're busy or not. You know, that's, that's not their problem that we're busy. That's our problem, and it's, it's up to us to make it happen and squeeze it in, um, as long as we're still delivering that excellent service. So, yeah, anyway, that's just kind of a side tangent on CRM, uh, pipeline Pipeline Deals CRM. Check it out. Wanna make a little announcement for for a band that was on the Stateside Podcast about three weeks ago or something like that. They're a band on revival recordings. Um, They're called The Home Team and their record just dropped on July 20th, which I think was yesterday on Friday, July 20th. So definitely go check it out. I found it on Spotify. Um, I'm sure it's available everywhere else. Um, where music is sold and streamed. So go check that out for sure and support those guys. These guys bust their ass. You know, I don't I don't think people... I mean, a lot of the audience, you guys know what it's like because you're in a band and you've toured and you've slept in a van, you've slept in a fucking motel and with seven, ten guys in one room. So I don't have to tell you. But for those of you who have never been in a band, um, there's there's a funny thing that happens. I think people think that if you're in a small band and you're not playing stadiums and you're not signed to a major record deal or whatever that your that the intensity and the dynamics of being a band go away. And it's just it's simply not true. I mean all of the all of basically the same things happen at a low level than they're going to happen at a big level. If that makes sense. I mean of course you know things are going to get uh, multiplied and, and amplified when you are a, a really big band. There's more pressure and more stress, I would imagine. And you know, you're playing 10,000 seat venues instead of 200. You know, whatever. But my point being, it, it, being a band is tough no matter what you're doing. And when you're in a small band, and you're booking your own, sh- you're booking your own tours. Just that alone is exhausting writing your you know you're writing the music just doing the band stuff but on top of that you have to be the band manager, the booking agent, um, your own record label you have to pay for everything and somehow you have to come up with a bunch of money to get a 15 passenger van and cram all of your very precious expensive gear in that van and go disappear. And so anyway, back to the home team that's that's what these guys are doing. I mean that's that's it don't get it twisted. I mean they, they've been on some good tours but they, they're busting their ass out there. Um, so just, you know, go support these guys. And support bands like them. Just go support any band. If you go to a show and you find a really cool opening band, you know, and you, um, you, you think that there's something you'd be into, even if you just kinda, you're on the fence about it, and you're like uh, uh I'm not sure if that's something I would go really get into, just go drop them drop a comment or you know, if you have a couple bucks lying around, buy their record anyway. It goes such a far way. And it's, it's good karma. You know, karma is practical. Gary Vaynerchuk always says that karma is practical. And it's true, especially in business. So that's that with the home team. Go check it out. And then also, our very dear friends. Friends? That's not how you say that word, James. What are you, foreign? Friends. Um, our dear friends, Not My Weekend, just released their record. Or I'm sorry, no, they released their single um, called When You're Not Around. And this band was produced, co- uh, Neil produced these guys, co-wrote on the album, he engineered, and he mixed it. The only thing he didn't do was master it. Um, I believe Stephen Hawkes mastered that one. But anyway, yeah, their, their new single is out right now called When You're Around and there's a really cool video for it that they did. Again, they did themselves, you know, they got everything together and and made a really great music video. And I'm gonna look it up right now. But I think as of, what was that? As of the 20th, which was yesterday, they had over 11,000 views on on that song. Let's see here, Not My Weekend. I'm looking it up right now. Probably had to, should have had this ready. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Come on, computer. Work. Wow, that's nuts. Wait, what? That went up significantly. It has 124,772 views. What in the absolute fuck? Whoa. That is so crazy. Here's a little taste. So you feel safe. I see you I'm I am you can have. I mean it's some slick pop music. So good. The singer Patrick was just on the podcast last week. What's up, Patrick, if you're listening? Patrick's the man. He's the example of what you should be doing when you're in a young band. This guy's work ethic is unbelievable. I told this story in the last episode, but I'll, I'll tell it again because I can do what I want. This is my goddamn podcast. Um, when, I, when we were setting up the deal with them, they had paid their deposit, they had made that financial commitment with us, and then they had to make a, a second payment. I called them just to check in and really just see how they're doing, but also to check in on the money. And when Patrick answered the phone, he was like, all out of breath. He's like, "Hey James, what's up?" I'm like, "Hey man, what's going on?" He goes, "Oh, we're uh, we're digging fence posts right now, fence holes for fence posts. They live in Wyoming." They do like ranch shit, and I was, and I go okay. He's like, yeah, this is you know, it's just a, a way to make some extra cash so we can so we can make the payment for Neil, and and I immediately thought like, yeah, these guys are gonna be they're gonna be fine. <laughs> I love that story. Patrick is the man. So go check out that that single. I mean Neil Neil and those guys worked really hard on that EP, and I'm so proud of them for for what they've accomplished. They just got signed to We Are Triumphant. Which is a really cool uh, indie record label that's really doing some great stuff, and they're 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 kind of a pipeline for some really great um, opportunities, and you know they can open some doors for, for young bands. And I, I can't wait to see what We Are Triumphant ends up doing. You know, say five, ten years down the road. Um, Greg, one of the, I think he's the owner or maybe the co-owner. He's going to be on the show soon, maybe even as soon as next week or the week after. So we're very excited to have him on. Um, yeah, so there's that. What is going on in the world, guys? Oh my God. Has anyone seen this Trump's Trump visit with Putin? I I don't know enough about it to really kind of comment. All I know is that it, it, it's pretty bizarre. I mean, in the past, I don't know, in the past couple months, he's... Met with the dictator and <laughs> leader of North Korea. I mean, That alone was so goddamn surreal. Seeing the two of them sit next to each other with American flags in the background. Whatever your thought is on that, politically or not politically, it's still bizarre. Imagine if Barack Obama had done that. People would have lost their fucking minds. They would have asked him to be impeached. People would have just gone ape shit. And now... Yeah, same thing. He's, he's standing next to Putin, basically saying that he, you know, he he's tired of the Russia investigation. And again, I I'm I have two fucking jobs and I'm too busy I do two jobs, podcast and, you know, life. But from what I do know, you know, there's there's all these government agencies that have been investigating Trump for his involvement with Russia, the collusion with Russia, with a, whether that involved the election or it didn't. The point is, if, if the, all these federal agencies are investigating you, it's just so not tactful to go, and it's Russia, he's a fucking traitor. Like, I, it's so funny to me that growing up, I remember, you know, the, like, Russia and the Soviet Union and communism was like a, like, kind of a, um, like a left-wing sort of thing, you know? And now all of a sudden, it seems that like conservative Fox News audience is more in support of that. Like, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying if you're a Republican, you support Putin. Obviously not. But you're, you might support Trump and you might have voted for him. And so it seems like more people are defending Russia and that side of things than they would have, you know, say 15 years ago. It's super weird. It's really I don't know if that makes sense, but it seems like it's just sort of flip-flopped. Like Russia, communism, that kind of stuff, Uh, you know, communal, political viewpoint. Like, you know, we are the group instead of the individual. That was a left-wing, liberal point of view. And the right would always, you know, like, Russia is our, our enemy and you're a traitor if you even think about Russia. And all of a sudden it seems like that's swapped because of Trump. Tell you what, he's really, you know, it's such a strange time it's so weird it's absolutely crazy and I keep hearing that within his, his presidency we'll have a really uh, really bad uh, financial crisis again not necessarily due to him you know. it's just a long time coming we've been so good for so long but uh, god it's just it's just so crazy what a weird thing Donald Trump is our president Donald Trump. Remember that, that, that reality star? That guy? What the fuck? That orange-haired, orange-skinned orangutan? Why is he orange? Why is he so goddamn orange? With those white circles around his eyes? Is it fake tanning? Is that what that is? I don't know. I've seen people who go, you know, get self-tanning done, and they look more brown and, you know, tan orange i don't get the orange thing and his hair what i mean i think he maybe he's just a mastermind maybe he's just a genius and like he i don't know it's so strange it trips me out it really does trip me out you look at old footage of him you know on the apprentice or he was he was such a different guy for america for so long he was a reality star in this Playboy billionaire from Manhattan, and that's what he was. He was just like part of the zeitgeist, part of the pop culture of America. Now, all of a sudden, he's running the free world. It's so crazy. I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. And again, this is not me just being a little whiny liberal, just complaining that Donald Trump is the president. I just think it's bizarre. It's so, all of it's so fucking weird. Mmm, I'm drinking iced coffee. I think I probably get a Starbucks coffee every day. Is that pathetic? Yes. Am I aware of it? Yes. Am I gonna do anything about it? No. I'm gonna keep doing it. Cause you know, I just turned 35. And that's what 35 year olds do, I guess. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of the big thing that's going on is the Trump business. And it's bizarre. Oh, uh, another really cool thing, if anyone's a fight fan, uh, DC, Daniel Cormier, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Cormier, he just won the heavyweight, heavyweight title championship versus Stipe Miocic. Um, I always thought that Stipe was Russian or something. Apparently, he's an American born of Croatian descent. Excuse me. And I didn't know that. So there you go. Look it up. Yeah, DC deserves all the credit. Um, you know, he's one of the greatest of all times. And then I, I'm looking it up right now. I heard somewhere that he plans on retiring at 40 or something. Let's see. Uh, Daniel Cormier, Cormier retiring. Yeah. Daniel Cormier so is a hard date in 2019 for retirement from MMA from MMA. I can't talk today. Huh. I've always liked DC and I always thought it was so funny how how shitty people were about him. So many people talk shit. They used to boo him when he'd walk in the ring. Why? Like when when he was fighting John Jones, what is that? I I think people don't they don't like, like, they don't like the good guy. You know? Like, Jones was a cocaine idol, you know, car-crashing, woman-beating criminal. And still is. And everyone rooted for him when he walked into the ring. But they would boo DC. I'm not too big into the fight world, so maybe people listening or yelling in their car right now at me like well there's a fucking reason for that because dc did this or whatever i i don't know personally just objectively as a casual fight fan it always seemed like people were super uh shitty to dc and i I never understood why congrats to dc that is some really cool shit oh (laughs) so he wins the he wins the fight and i think in the first round if i recall correctly uh, by, by either submission or knockout. I don't remember. And then right after the fight, you know, he goes up, Joe Rogan hands him, you know, puts the mic in his face and how do you feel? Ah, oh, we got here, worked so hard. Finally, I'm the heavyweight champion, blah, 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 And then he goes, let me have the mic for a second, Rogan. And Rogan's like, all right, and just hands the mic off. And then DC just, just uh, goes on this <laughs> like WWE uh thing about, you know, calling out Brock Lesnar. And for those who don't know, Brock Lesnar is a monster. He was a WD, WWE fan or a, God, I can't talk, wrestler for a long time and then went and fought in the UFC and whooped ass. I mean, he's giant. He's 6'3 and 286 pounds and his head is as big as my truck. I mean, he's fucking ginormous. I mean, if you saw him walking down the street, you would simply... You'd go to the other side of the street. He's that kind of guy, and this short little—I think DC—I think he, I saw he's five eleven, stocky wrestler type of guy. He calls him out and was like, "I'm looking for you next, dude." And anyway, Brock—it seemed like it was kind of set up because Brock was just kind of there, right outside the ring, unless he just had front row tickets or something, which is pretty likely. But anyway, he he jumps up and you know. Rises to the occasion and hops in the ring, and then they start like pro wrestling style talking shit to each other, shoving each other and talking shit. It was wild, it was so strange. Like, I like shit talking in, in the UFC and in Bellator or whatever, in MMA in general. You know, like, uh, Connor uh, McGregor is one of the best of all time at that, uh, Chiel Sonnen, he's arguably the best at it and he he's been doing it forever and it it builds up fights and it makes it really cool and fun but to that the dc and lesnar exchange in the ring was a little much for me i mean it's it's so tacky it's just tacky i don't know i don't know and i think object i know you know i know that dana white and the ufc want to bring in as many new fans as they can they want They want the UFC to be synonymous with any pro sport, three-letter abbreviation, MLB, NBA, NFL, UFC. Like, they just want it to be one of those. And maybe one of the ways to do that is to make it more, you know, hyped up and more drama and more shit-talking and build up these fights. And, And I get that. And that's part of the fighter's job is to build up fights. But I don't know. You know, even, like I said, even as an objective uh, or casual rather, fight fan, it just it seems a little much for me. But I, I'm curious what you guys think. If you're a, a really you're, you're balls deep in fighting, what you what you guys think about that? Um, soon I think. What day is it today? The twenty first. So in a couple weeks, let's see here. On August eighth, we're having another band come in, another Scarum management band. If you guys remember, we had jeremiah from Scarum management um, one of his bands that they just uh signed onto their roster they're called postcards and i admittedly i don't know much about postcards i, I went and checked out their music and it's really cool definitely some slick slick ass music um but yeah they, they asked if uh, we if we minded having them on the show and i said absolutely not we'd love to talk to them you know and i'm re- i'm just on this kick of like talking to that level of band who just got management or they just got signed to a label and I just want to pick their brain. And you know what, cause it's, it's different now than it was for me coming up playing in bands. You know, I, I might be one of the last generations that actually remembers not having the internet. <laughs> like, what, you know, we had the internet, you know, most of my childhood, but it wasn't, it wasn't something that everyone used all the time. You know, I think when we first got our dial up, you know, AOL, um. Uh, whatever that's called the or, you know like where it would kick you off if you were on the phone it would kick you off if someone dialed up to the internet I think we first got that when I was maybe 6th grade 7th grade something like that I'm 35 just turned 35 so yeah I mean like that was you know early internet certainly early internet for the masses for all Americans to have to have access to the internet And so, you know, you fast forward a few years later when I'm playing in bands and I'm really pursuing doing that, promoting, um, booking shows and all that stuff. Like, dude, the first big tour I went on, I used to play in a band called Tabana. And the singer of that band, Josh, booked the entire tour. We were gone for close to two months. Keep that in mind. I was a child. I was 17, technically 16 on one of the first runs. And all those shows, Josh booked himself over the telephone. No internet. No internet. I mean, he, he maybe used it as a resource, but we weren't, there was no, not really emails exchange. He literally just picked up the phone and convinced these people that ran the venues to book some little garage band from Hillsboro, Oregon. It, it's phenomenal that he accomplished what he did. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm just so curious, like what you know how, how fast things have changed and the the rules are always going to be the same and but they're always changing as cheesy as that sounds you know it's the same thing at the end of the day people want to play in front of as many people as they can they ideally want this to be their job financially they want people to pay for their music and so you know the, the end goal is usually the same as it was in the Beatles era Led Zeppelin era but the way to get there is is totally different. You know, people don't buy physical records anymore. Um, I mean, vinyl is kind of back, but that's that's more of like a collector's fun uh, throwback, a retro thing that people are doing. But that's not like the music industry. That's not how you make your money. It's all streaming. It's all streaming and licensing, publishing. It's all online, all online. And you know, like this band, uh, not my not my weekend. We were just talking about when they released their single that's how that's how they do it there's no you know cassette tape they're you know selling out of the back of their truck they're they're putting it online that you know and everything is uh, online now so yeah anyway postcards will be on in a couple of weeks and I can't wait to have them on and yeah it should be fantastic boy it is so nice out right now a little too hot not gonna lie little too hot for this. Irish Scottish white man Um, but it's it's gorgeous it's finally summer here in Oregon we have what's known as an Indian summer Indian summer is also a great movie If you've never seen it go check it out but yeah we we have a late summer you know I don't it really doesn't get hot until the 4th of July or even after really if we're honest we'll have a couple nice days in May and a couple nice days in June but uh, we are so not out of spring in that time. and But the cool thing is our summer does go all the way through September. So the the rest of the country is getting pretty cold and nasty. Uh, the fall is kind of approaching. And we pretty much stayed nice through most of September, usually. And it's not until October, first couple weeks of October, where it really starts to turn. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's really nice that the summer's finally here. Just had a, went to a pool party a couple weekends ago over at Chris Crummett's house, the one and only music producer. That's not true. He's not the only one. I don't know why I said that. The one and only Chris Crummett that I know. How about that? Yeah, those pool parties are epic. I look forward to them every year. And <laughs> every, so my, my birthday is on the 4th of July, for those who don't know. And it's kind of become like an annual tradition that we'll go over to Chris's house during the first part of the day, we'll have the barbecue, the pool party, see friends. And then we usually go and hang out with my family for the latter part of the day and light fireworks and, and do that that whole thing. And, you know, a few weeks leading up to the fourth, I mean, pretty close. Well, I hadn't, no one had heard from and I remember even a few of my buddies were asking, like, is, that, is this going to happen? What the fuck? No pool party. And it was just like breaking our hearts. And then he he did the Facebook invite for everyone. So that was... That was sweet. Oh my God. I just saw another picture of Brock Lesnar. He is enormous. Oh my good God. Ugh. Does that mean his dick is equivalently big? Is that how that works? If you're, if you're 6'3 and 286 pounds, is that what it was? Yeah, 6'3, 286 pounds. Does that make your, your wiener equivalently big? inquiring minds want to know that's what i want to know uh there's a little game i like play with my wife and, and it's one of her favorite games to play with me is for me to guess a guy's penis size and i think i'm pretty good at it to be fair i have no way of clarifying that or to prove my theories but i'm i think i'm pretty good guys i think i'm pretty solid on this i mean it's pretty easy to tell you can tell by by just a person hold his shoulders, you know. If you got a little little wiener, you're you're gonna know. But also, if there's a guy that's super bravado and he's tough and he's got a fucking giant truck, yeah, odds oh, are he's got a little little Peter. Hey, how about those those balls on the back of people's pickup trucks? How infuriating is that? Oh my god. Can you imagine being the type of person that would do that? I mean, really think about the logistics of doing it. First, you have to find it. Where do you find those? Probably on the internet, Amazon or whatever. So you have to type that in, swinging balls for truck or tailgate truck ball thing. Then you order it, you pay your money for it Then you wait for it to come in the mail, you open it, and you're excited to do so. Then you walk walk outside, you install it for all of your neighbors to see, and then you proceed to go and drive in public with that happening. It's amazing. It's amazing. People blow my mind. Oh my God. Whoa, Blue Jay just hit my window. Oh my God, let's see if he's okay. You right, little dude? Hey. Oh. He flew away. I think he's good. I think he's good. On my wall here, I have a picture of Jim Abbott. Jim Abbott was a pitcher for the, at the time, California Angels. Now they are the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Such a stupid name. Too many cities. Just be one city. Uh, anyway, Jim Abbott had one arm, so he would... He would pitch the ball with his right hand and in his left stump, he'd be holding his glove. So he'd imagine someone, so they throw the ball with their right hand and as the, the pitch goes, your sort of the arc of your arm keeps going down and to the left and he puts on the glove with his only hand and then fields the ball and then somehow he, he would usually like scoop out the ball and put his glove back under his arm and throw to make an out. It's it was insane. I mean he's one of my, my heroes. Jim Abbott. Look him up. Look him up. Here's where everyone Here's where everyone rolls their eyes right now because I'm talking about baseball again. I know. I like baseball. What are you gonna do? It's a superior sport. I could argue you on that, but I got other things to do, and I don't want to embarrass you, so I'm not going to. Um, if you guys haven't listened to the newest episode of the Stateside Podcast, episode number 40 was released just the other day, and that is, again, with Patrick Gilchrist of Not My Weekend. Man, that one was super fun. We had a really good time. Um, we got to figure out a better way to have people call in. I, I, I don't mind Skype, but sometimes it gets a little, you know, cuts in and out. So I'm curious if you if if that's annoying, let me know. I, I'm I'm curious because I I definitely want it to be listenable for everyone. Yippity-yip-yip-yip-yip-yip-yip-yip-yip. Yep, 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 yep. Take my Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain is a product from Onnit. Again, this is not sponsored. Just um just recommending it, and it helps with memory and focus, according to them. I to be honest, I didn't notice a goddamn thing for the first while when I was taking it. But I've kind of committed to taking it on a regular basis every day um, and I like to pair it with coffee and it's it's definitely helping i mean it kind of it it does it's not like Adderall or anything you don't you won't notice like a physical there's no euphoria there's no it's not a drug that way it's just a, a natural dietary supplement so it's really just like taking a vitamin um what do they say is in it vitamin b six um it's a bunch of other crap I can't even pronounce. Cat's claw, parentheses bark extract. So there you go. Uh, something. Well, anyway, fuck it, whatever. But yeah, try it. Give it a try. They they have a free trial too if you want to try that out. That's how I kind of got into it. I think we clicked but one bottle free or something. Definitely check that out. And I'm in, still addicted to Lacroix or La Croix. If you, if you say LaCroix around me, then I won't do anything. I'm not going to physically harm you, but I'm going to be judging you. I'll judge you probably for a while, too. I mean, that's... Uh, it's like when people pronounce, like, karate. It's not karate. Don't be an asshole. You know? Like, come on. Or how about when Latino people will, you know, those be speaking just the way i am super american flat accent and then anything remotely latino all of a sudden they start to roll their r's and tornado (laughs) la Guerta, like the detective on dexter that's kind of what reminded me of that she'll do that she'll be talking completely normal and then out of nowhere anything remotely hispanic or latino sounding she'll she'll really pump the pump on the gas for it um up on my little bulletin not bulletin board my little tack board thing i have in my office there's a i'll, put, I'll post it on instagram or something there's a a little reminder of a it's a business card from a guy named patty kane patty kane so p-a-d-d-y k-a-n-e he is a Belfast black taxi driver in Belfast, Ireland. That's Northern Ireland, not the Republic of Ireland. So, the, you know, anyway, Northern Ireland is owned by or a part of the UK. A lot of the troubles were there. A lot of a lot of violence and religious disputes or whatever. Anyway, he he did like the coolest thing ever. We so when we went to Ireland, we were there for. I don't know, three weeks, something like that. And hands down, that was probably my favorite thing we did while we were there. We arrive not really knowing what that means. Like, so he just drives you around Belfast and talks about it. That's kind of what I thought. And, you know, he stressed that he'd be talking about the Troubles and the Protestants and Catholics and the, you know, um, I think they call them loyalists. So the loyalists are the people who want to stay part of the UK. And then, Um, Republicans, not like American Republicans stands for like the Republic of Ireland. Those who want Ireland to be an independent free country typically are on the Catholic side and the Protestants are typically on the loyalist side, which is super bizarre. Cause so it's not just a political war, it's religious too. And it was so strange and within this really beautiful city, there's, there's all these neighborhoods that were completely gated off and walled off to separate the different tribes of people. You know, there's whole neighborhoods that are Catholic only. Like, do not fucking come here for Protestant. All these murals on the wall, um, everywhere you go in the city, just telling the story of, of the IRA and the Loyalist army and the Republican army. It was nuts. And he, so he's a Catholic... His brother was actually killed in a bombing in the 80s. Super sad story. But he was, like, so intense and so so kind, like, for all the shit he's been through. Um, I don't know why I'm going on this rant about this guy. But I've always wanted to talk about him on the podcast. So, yeah, if you if you find a free second, see if you can find him. What's the website? com. Cabtoursni.com, Patty Kane. Yeah, if you ever find yourself over there, definitely do that. It's it's worth every penny. It's not very expensive, and yeah, if it, you'll learn everything about that uh, that whole thing. So there you go. Well, I think now's a good time to do my movie pick of the week coming this summer. James's movie pick of the week. This week, I'm going to pick a tasty little flick that I just saw last week. It's called Sorry to Bother You. Sorry to Bother You is directed by Bootsy. What's his name? Bootsy? Bootsy Collins. Nope, not Bootsy Collins. Bootsy. Boots Riley. I really fucked this up. Yeah, Boots Riley boots riley is the um counterpart one out of two of the rap group the coup he's a rapper he he was on some dead prez records he he was fronting a band called the street sweeper social club that tom morello from rage against the machine played in really i i actually really liked that band most people didn't but i thought they were pretty cool more funk than rock i would say and actually, the band I played in, The Days and Nights, we got to open for that, that band. And that's when I got to meet Tom Rallo. So anyway, yeah, I, I actually didn't know. When I went to go see uh, Sorry to Bother You, I had no idea that he was the director. <laughs> I, I, I actually thought it was like a Spike Jones joint. I thought it was one of those movies. But, um, yeah, so it turns out it was him. Anyway, really awesome, awesome movie. Let's see if I can find a little... So it is a American sci-fi comedy, like I said, uh, written and directed by Boots Riley, his directorial debut. Um, let's see if I can. So it's an alternate present day version of Oakland, um, ads for a company called worry free offer a life free of the worry of paying bills and free food and lodging. But at the cost of a lifetime contract of working a practice deemed legal and not equivalent to slavery. And so anyway, it's, it's so well done. I mean, it kind of reminded me of like Michelle Gondry movies where it's, it's really fantastical and like pushing the boundaries of reality. Like it's definitely feels like present day, but it's not, you know, it's, it's so well done. It's really funny, super, super funny. And I think like really, really poignant for today. I mean, it's, it's such a good reflection of what the hell's going on right now. It's, it's the movie we need right now. Uh, definitely recommend it. Tons of really awesome people are in it too. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing I'll say, and this isn't a spoiler, I'll say Patton Oswalt and David Cross. They did an amazing job in that movie. And when you go see that movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. How about that? How about that for being secretive? Okay, let me uh, get this thing up here. Play the trailer for you. Surviving. Okay. I'm just out here surviving. And what I'm doing right now won't even matter. Baby, baby, it will always matter. <laughs> oh. But you said you fixed that. Get a room. i got a room, mother. how much longer i gotta wait for my money god made this land for all of us greedy people like you want to hog it to yourself and your family and me and my family yeah cassius i'm your f***ing uncle (laughs) i just really need a job 40 two this is telemarketing stick to the script hey hello um mr davison cassius green here sorry to bother. let me give you a I'm, not, I'm not talking about Will Smith's wife, like this young girl. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mr. Kramer, this is Langston from Regal View. As always, we'll be getting that out to you right away. You're doing so good with the voice thing. Holla, 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 holla! you did not masturbate today we need you sharp and ready to go i got promoted i'm a power caller what do they sell? They're not selling the we sell No, well, there's no amount of money that make me do that. Here's the starting salary. Well, man, I'm going to have to get me some new suits. Whatever I wear, no, I'm here to be clear. It is more, the emaciated. I can't ride with you. I'm doing something I'm really good at. Cash, I want to make you a proposal. I can see that you want to say no, but I wouldn't do that before you see what I'm offering Mm -hmm. there it is people there it is sorry to bother you go check it out um has everyone seen the video of the officer that shoots through his own win win window uh window while i can talk in his car any, did people know what I'm talking about? It's video. It's like the, the body cam angle, and you see a guy chasing another car, and that car is shooting back at the cops. And from an article I read, they were shooting all around. Like, they almost hit people. They crashed into a bunch of cars on the way over. Just, you know, this dog needed to be put down. And so this cop gets really close up to him and then starts shooting through his window back at the enemy, the bad, the bad guy. He fuck unloads a mag, they finally get to a place where they stop, the guy crashes into a wall, the cop er, stops right behind him, reloads his mag, and then finishes the job. Apparently one out of two of the suspects died and the other one ran and then they 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 arrested him. Okay, I'm gonna play the video here and see if you guys can hear anything. Good shot injured? it's We want to try Charlie four. I'm not injured. So he just told dispatch that they were shooting. Watch out, He's like, watch out! Shots fired, shots, fired again. shots fired again. He's driving with one hand, by the way. Going northbound and Easter from Charleston. Definitely looks like California somewhere. Hey, back up! He's shooting! Jesus Christ. Oh, it's Las Vegas. It's not California. Okay. So he goes around this cop, he takes the lead. Now he's about 20 feet behind the the car. Gets his gun out. Directly behind him. That's him shooting through his own window. Anyone shot a gun before? That is so loud. And to be inside a car like that, his, his ears are ringing right now. So the car stops. That is intense. Fuck, man. The guy deserves his own own day, his own special day. My God. That is so crazy. God, that's that guy's job. (laughs) Oh, man. Can't imagine being a cop. Couldn't imagine. I need to piss real hard. So I'm going to go do that. I'm going to take a little pee pee break and we'll be right back. So, Kraftwerk, the, the old German electronic band from way back in the day. I think Kraftwerk started in the '70s. They, I mean, they were one of the first uh, like synth pop bands to to do that kind of music. Um, Kraftwerk performed their song "Space Lab" live in orbit with an astronaut. That's crazy. German astronaut Alexander Gerst, or Gerst joins pioneering electronic music band via video from International Space Station. Let's see, there's a video here. Uh, Pioneering electronic music group Kraftwerk blazed another trail during their concert Friday when an in-orbit astronaut joined the band live via video chat to perform Space Lab. Um, Let's see if we can play this thing real quick. The unique collaboration occurred during Kraftwerk's concert Stuttgart, Germany. when Alexander, Alexander Gerst dropping in from the international space Union. Gerst used a tablet configured with a virtual synthesizer to play Kraftwerk's The Man-Machine cut Space Lab, a fitting choice for the band's co-founder Ralph Hütler. Hütler, how do you pronounce his name? Um the duet lasted five minutes after Gersh signed off to return to astronaut duties who remained on board the ISS until December 2018 and the rest of work completing the rendition. That's so cool. This is not the first time that an active spaceman has taken part in a live performance via video. Bare Naked Ladies recruited Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield, who was 250 miles above Earth at the time. Before live in 2013, a, por- a performance that marked the first quote space to Earth musical collaboration. Chris Hatfield was the guy that did "Space Odyssey" from David Bowie. That was like that really v- viral video of him floating around the space station uh, to that song. Here's a little clip of it. Good, Good night, that's so rad. The craftwork is on stage. The four guys with a huge screen behind them with shots of the space station. That's pretty cool. Craftwork, huh? Still going at it. All right, so there you go with Craftwork playing with an astronaut, the way that Craftwork should be doing things. Uh, next up in music news, with yours truly James MacMillan, we have the rapper Migos. I think that's how you pronounce his name, M-I-G-O-S. Forgive me, I'm white and 35 and super lame. I think it's Migos. Uh, he was arrested on felony. Turn my down my music. He was arrested on felony gun charges, which is pretty cool. Rapper faces two felony weapon charges and misdemeanor for marijuana possession following Atlanta traffic stop. Um, so there you go. That's one thing. That sucks. Definitely don't have a gun when you're a felony. Um, next up in music news, Lincoln Park, remember Chester Bennington on the anniversary of death. Oh my God! It so it has been a year since your passing. A surreal rotation of grief, heartbreak, refusal, and recognition. Band writes, I "Can't believe it's been a year. It doesn't seem like it's been that long." Lincoln Park paid tribute to Chester Bennington Tuesday on the first annivers- anniversary of the singer's death. Let's see here. They're going to say, quote, It has been a year since your passing, a surreal rotation of grief, heartbreak, refusal, and recognition, the band wrote on Twitter, and yet it still feels like you are close by, surrounding us with your memory and your light. Your one-of-a-kind spirit has authored an indelible imprint on our hearts, our jokes, our joy, and our tenderness. Bennington died by suicide on July twentieth, 2017, just two months after his death of his friend, Soundgarden singer Chris Cornell whose birthday was July 20th, Bennington performed at Cornell's funeral. That's crazy. Quote, internally grateful for the love, life, and creative passion you, you shred with us and the world. Lincoln Park continued. Quote, we miss you more than words can express. Lincoln Park bassist Dave Phoenix Farrell also remembered Bennington on Instagram Thursday. Quote, Chester in the past year, there hasn't been a day that has gone by that haven't thought of you. I miss you and it still hurts to not have you here, Farrell wrote. And today, after your passing, I struggle to try and eloquently express that you mean to your family, your friends, your fans, and to me. There's so much that I feel and that I could say and that I want to say and that I don't know how to say, but one thing I know for certain is that you are loved and you are missed. Jesus Christ. What a bummer, it's so crazy. I wonder what they're gonna do. I mean, it looks like they're still going on. I don't follow that band well enough to really know. I know Mike Shinoda, I think that's his name, the the second singer of the band, whatever, the guy that kind of rapped. I know he just released a solo record. Um, in other news, why your favorite concerts are bigger and more expensive than ever. Concert design director, Ray Winker, That's one hell of a name, Winker. Explains why shows went from standard promotional tool to Instagram-ready fan-appeasing spectacles. U2 had its 400-ton, 360-degree, quote, claw stage that cost $30 million. Lady Gaga's 2013 concert circuit involved a looming five-story gothic castle. (laughs) Jesus. Taylor Taylor Swift's ongoing reputation stadium tour needs... 52 semis and 30 flatbed trucks just to haul all the gear. Oh my, 52 semis. Fuck, man. That's insane. Most bands that are like headlining bands that I like, you know, like, I don't know, Nine Inch Nails, for example, they probably have like three semis and a few buses for band and crew. And that's like... A huge, huge production. Like, 52 fucking semis and 30 flatbed trucks? Man. I guess that's what middle America wants. It goes on to say, It isn't fans' imagination that music tours, particularly ones put on by the biggest artists, are getting more lavish by the year. For evidence and hard numbers, look no further than the mid-year report Polestar Released this week. The concert company found that the live market's twenty eighteen mid year gross is a record setting uh two point two one billion, up from two hundred and forty million, so that's twelve percent from the previous year. And the average ticket prices are at a high a record high of ninety-six dollars and thirty-one cents a ticket. Fans are hungry for live shows and they're willing to splurge on them. Goes on to say, quote, the prescript the precipitous rise speaks to the industry's aggressive spri- pricing strategy to better meet demand and exclude the secondary market bolster noted as well that's crazy 96 dollars. that's weird i guess i guess for me i don't really like i don't like taylor swift i i wouldn't pay that kind of money to see you too i i wouldn't do it i don't go to drake shows i don't you know Ed Sheeran, whoever these big pop stars are. So I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, I guess like Nine Inch Nails is pretty close to that, but not 98. I mean, maybe some VIP front row bullshit or whatever. But for like the average general admission ticket, I I want to say like 60 bucks, maybe 75 at the most for like Tool, Nine Inch Nails. Maybe I just don't remember. It's been a while since I've been to a really, really big show. Um, So now that live events are such a key lucrative industry for music, how have artists changed their approach to concert tours? Do they give them more thought than before? It goes on to say, by the industry's own admission, the way to make money in the day and age of streaming and downloads is for artists to go on tour. The demand is for artists to do something spectacular. The crowds are expecting something pretty big. So that pushes the artist to think about touring in a more challenging way. In the late eighties and early nineties, touring was a promotional, uh, was a promotional tour that bands use for new albums. That's true. It wasn't the profit center that it is now where bands don't make money on CD sales; They do so in touring and merchandising. Their core mission is to grow the fan base and to get them to come to an event that basically allows bands to make business out of their music. That's interesting. Yeah, bands are having to hit the road more than they ever have. It's it's so funny to be that like as technology goes up and streaming goes up instead of physical sales, you know, VR's around the corner. We're we're talking to our phones, the Amazon Echo and uh, Siri and all that shit. You know, we're we're close to being in, in back to the future there's fucking hoverboards floating around here and as the music industry follows suit and is driven by technology advancing it's also it'll be more primitive than it ever has it's still now it's even more like they're saying even more based on on the live show which i don't know it's it's cool i love live shows i, I liked playing shows I i i think it's arguably the best way to kind of get to know the band that you love, is to go see them live. But it does suck. It makes it so that instead of bands wanting to tour, and like they said that you know go promote their new record that they worked on for six months to a year, now they have to tour. They have to tour just to pay their bills. They have to tour just to be a band. They have to tour to pay all. You know, and the bigger you get, the more, the more staff you need the more production crew you need and you know like these big bands they it's not like they're hiring new crews every tour that wouldn't make any sense these are they're they're companies they're mobile companies so most of these bands they, they might they might hire some local hands local production stage hands like i used to do that all the time um but for the most part it's all like union teamster production people who are part of their crew and stay part of that crew for some time. At least like the core, you know, like the tour manager, the, the production manager, the stage guy, the sound guy, the LD, the lighting director, all those guys and gals are, are kind of the core team and will, will stay as such for a long time. And when they're not on the road, they have to pay a retainer. So I know a few of my buddies who are being paid to be part of a band's crew. And they're sitting at home right now. Um, But I can tell you they're sitting at home less and less. Some of these people I know are gone all the time. I, I, it's not for me. It's not for me. I don't know how they do it. There's one guy in particular I know who's gone from what I can tell just through like Instagram posts and texting him and just kind of staying in touch. He's gone like nine to 10 months out of the year on average. That's just insane. And all around the world. It's crazy. So that's an interesting article. I like that one. That is cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I've been watching Dexter, like I mentioned earlier. The show Dexter. I've been watching that over uh, from beginning with my wife now. Man, that first season is so fucking cool. I mean, there's nothing like it. That was such a rad show. Also... It's pretty morally questionable that we're rooting for a serial killer. That's the weird thing about that show. It's like Dexter's so nice and sweet and he's got his girlfriend Rita and he's, you know, sort of the dad to these kids. And he's got his sister he has coffee dates with and he works for the police department. (laughs) Oh man, but he's a serial killer. Even if he's killing quote bad people. He still gets off. He's still a psychopathic, sociopathic fucking killer where he enjoys stabbing people with knives. It's a bizarre show. It's very effective. We're all rooting for this nutbag. At least I am. The other thing that's really occurring to me this time around, because, you know, I watched it when it first came out. Um, and you, as you watch things again, you, you, you see things under a different light from a different perspective and one thing that I'm realizing this time through is how much I love the music. I love the score. The guy who did the the opening music that everyone knows that classic music, but also you know obviously everything through the whole show. The the entire uh, Dexter soundtrack is on on Spotify. High, highly recommend it. It's something I listen to quite frequently. Get my serial killer vibe on my Miami salsa music serial killer vibe. That's a genre. Oh, man. I don't know if you guys heard about this. I I just heard about this this morning. There's a duck boat. Do you know what a duck boat is? A duck boat is like one of those weird boats with the really bizarre front ends. Um, So it kind of sits low in the water. Anyway, they had a duck boat capsized somewhere Was it in Michigan. Like a big lake in Michigan, I think. I don't have the article open. But... 17 people died in total, and 9 of those 17 people, 9 of the people, 9 of the 17 people that died were all from one family. <laughs> How fucked up is that? I couldn't imagine. You know, my, my huge family, we go on fa- family vacations, and we're going camping next weekend. A huge camping trip. The whole, the whole crew. And I just couldn't imagine 9 people from your family just poof, gone. Drowned. What a bummer. What a bummer. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to those folks. My good lord. Um, yeah, so that's my music news. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> a little change of pace after super sad news. I have a disgusting would you rather. Actually, it's not that gross. I just think it's pretty neat. Share this with your friends. Let me know what your uh, answer is to this question. Okay, because there's no one in the room with me, so this is just me and you guys. Would you rather have your farts be super loud and smell like nothing, or be silent and smell horrible? (laughs) Would you rather have your farts be super loud and smell like nothing, or be silent and smell horrible? Ooh, so you have to keep in mind with these would you rather that means every single time you fart you know when you're stuck in that elevator you're in the mall with a bunch of people you're at work you're in a fucking bus you're in a car and you think you can get away with that fart it's either going to be so loud that everyone fucking hears it or it's a silent Navy SEAL style fart but it's so potent and disgusting that people want to throw up. Um, that's tough. Hmm. I think I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to go with the silent version of the fart that smells disgusting. And here's why. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go with the silent one because... If it is disgusting and it smells terrible, then at least like if you're in a big crowd, for example, you could just say, oh, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a gas leak or, I don't know, maybe something pooped in their pants. And you can, you know, pass it off to the guy next to you, to your buddy. That's what I would do. Because if it were super loud, odd, odds are you're going to get caught. Unless you're someone who just... Doesn't give a fuck where you are, and you just own up to it, which I could see myself being one of those people. However, not not all the time. There are times, and you you want to be discreet, you know. When you just want to let it go, my w- <laughs> so anyway, let me know the the answer to that question. Hit me up and give me your answer. Um, my wife <laughs> always talks about a really dumb super superhero power that. You know, because Family Guy has, like, a a bit about, you know, the whole family gets superheroes and Meg gets this power to grow her nails really long. Just a dumb, useless power. Like, all the other ones have, like, really great powers. They can fly or read minds or whatever it is. And she can grow her nails very long. Stupid. And uh, Ashley always says it'd be a really stupid st- power to have if you could see people's farts <laughs> uh, I think that's funny I don't know if you guys do but I do like the person next to you you could you can see it, the color of the fart color of farts color of farts with James MacMillan alright alright I think we've done it guys we made it through another episode I appreciate all of you I really do this is the first one I ever did alone. Uh, sorry if it, you know, felt like that. But uh, there's nothing you can do about it because this is my, my goddamn podcast. So there you go. Um, as usual, if you are a band or an artist and you're looking to get your music engineered, produced, mixed, and or mastered, or you need a co-songwriter or just someone to give you some perspective, drop us a line. If you have one of the guys in mind, then hit me up and we'll we'll get that all set up for you. But if you're just looking in general and you're just like, I, I don't really know, I'm not sure what is a good fit for my band, then hit us up too and we'll, we'll make that happen. We'll choose the right guy. Okay, and also I am taking on, I, I'm announcing this because I, I just think it's fair to announce the world. Um, to the world, Jesus Christ, it's egotistical. I'm announcing to you guys. I am taking on new producers as clients. So anyone out there if you're listening to this and you So definitely don't you don't get a hold of us if you're you just started, you just got your Pro Tools rig and or you just got out of recording school. Um, that's not what management is for. It's it's project management. It's after you have you have a career going, you got your own client base, and it's getting to that point now where you need that additional support. Um, someone to discuss rates on your behalf, someone to keep your ass in gear and not fall behind. That's when you contact management. And that's what we're here to do. Hopefully we can open some doors for you um, and do some good work and connect you with all the the right people out there. So if that's you, please drop me a line at james at statesidemgmt.com or you can find us on Instagram at statesidemgmt.com. Or personal Instagram you can find me at James Ian Macmillan on Instagram so those are the socials what else did I miss anything we did our read yeah I think we did it guys we came and we conquered I love you all very much uh, tune in next week and uh, please share this with your friends rate rate and review make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes so it automatically downloads We love you and we appreciate the sport. We'll catch you next week. Bye.